Hey friends, welcome back to the Living Out Loud with Allie and Amanda podcast. My name is Amanda. The Living Out Loud show is where we invite a different guest each week. We give our guests the opportunity to share her story. Our hope is that their story will encourage you in some way. My name is Allie, and I want to say thank you to our awesome listeners for letting us into your life every two weeks. So grab your coffee or favorite beverage, and let's get started. We're so excited to have our special guest here today. Um, well, not actually in the room with us, but she is talking to us. Her name is Katherine Asher, and this is a sweet friend of mine from West Monroe, Louisiana. We grew up in the same town, went to the same church um, for a little while, was on staff at the same church. I've been at different churches. So um, this was a special time in our life because it was when Lance and I got married. We were at the same church, and Katherine has a great story that she's going to share with us today. Um, and so we're excited you're here. Thank you so much. I'm so glad, so glad to be here. You're in Ruston, Louisiana though, right now, right? Yes. That's where we currently are living. Okay. Um, your husband, Jeremy is on staff. Yes, he is. He's a worship pastor. At what church? Temple Baptist church in Ruston. Oh, okay. cool. So How far is Ruston from West Monroe? 20 minutes. Oh, so not far. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's really nice. We're close to family. So did his job bring y'all to rest in them? It did. Uh huh. And we actually went to temple when we were in college. And so kind of like a full circle. Yeah. Part of the college ministry. So it's though it's not exactly coming home. It's sort of like that. And it's been really a blessing for us. Wow. Well, I love when I get, when I go home, I actually get to see you some now. So that's a great thing. I know we need more weddings. That was fun this summer. It was. So did you have a good summer with your family? We sure did. We have had a nice break from kind of the rat race that we usually live and we had some uh, downtime and just time to get to rest and relax. We're actually about to go on vacation in October. So we kind of delayed a vacation even just to rest. Where y'all going? We're going to go to St. Louis, Missouri. We have some friends that live there and we're going to do sort of the city vacation. We're going to do the museums and the arch and we're going to loop around and see some other friends in the area. So it's going to be a nice time. Fun. Um, We just got back, my family and I, from a two-week vacation, Disney Cruise and Disney. And can I say, I just told Allie that I have never, ever been excited to work out. Until now. now. I mean, because when you're on a cruise, I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise, Allie was talking about, literally they gave us dessert with every meal, three meals a day. (laughs) And guess what? And you can't say no. I ate it like it was something I did normally every day, like three times a day. And then you have this deck with pizza and fries and burgers and ice cream that you can have anytime you want it. Guess what? I never eat ice cream hardly ever. I just don't. I had one every day ice cream cone after my dessert. (laughs) How do you not though? Because it's almost like it's free. Even though you paid for it at the beginning, you kind of forget about that. Yeah. And then this food is just free all the time. And how do you just say, oh no, I don't want French fries while I'm laying out by the pool. Uh, I tried to eat good all year. This is my time. Yeah. (laughs) I don't understand. So I'm glad to be back to normal with eating. And I really don't like to exercise. Like I don't love it. Probably like most people but I'm loving it. I'm excited to be back 
working out and Allie's proud of me. Well, and you have some goals. Tell them your goals. Yeah. Well, well that I, way we'll all keep you accountable. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if you see me eating a Johnny's pizza when I'm in Western <laughs> Row at uh, Catherine, um, okay. just no. your workout goals, not your eating goals. Okay. Well, I usually can like eat healthy Monday through Friday when my kids are in school, but when they're out and we're traveling, there's no way like I yeah. eat with them. So it's good to be back in a routine. So my goal was when I got back from this vacation, there's eight weeks till Thanksgiving. Uh -huh. So if I can exercise 30 minutes a day, every, well, Monday through Friday mm -hmm. till Thanksgiving. I mean, I think that's pretty good. And then are you just going to eat whatever you want on Thanksgiving? No. <laughs> <laughs> that could be your that could be your goal and then you can just yeah maybe I could, yes I think I will I can enjoy yeah. that and then after that enjoy go back to doing this again. yeah so we'll see how it goes yeah so um Catherine we want to just let you share today and we'll ask you some questions as we go along but um you have a, a great story and I know a little bit um because I've prayed for you through the years um about your family that you have now but I really don't know all the details. And so I'm excited to hear along with our listeners this morning about your journey of everything. So we'll just give you the floor. Well, thank you. And it's, it's such an honor to get to share. And one of the things that God told me early on is that this story, the purpose is for his greater glory. And I did not understand what that meant at the time. It's kind of confusing to me, but as it's played out, I see it so much. And I really just always jump at the opportunity to share. And so when you asked me and it was short notice, I was like, you know what? We've got to make it work because I want to always be willing to share what God has shown me in the darkness. I want to share it in the light. I want people to know the things that he does and the ways that he answers our prayer and the way that he cares for us. And just kind of background in my story, I was saved at a young age and really always have loved God, have always had a desire to be close to him and to walk with him and never really, you know, had a period of rebellion. And so maybe that can be an encouragement to some moms out there that, you know, it can happen <laughs> that you can have a child that, that wants to be close to him and walk with him. And, um, you know, part of my story, I always wanted to be a mom. I always knew that that was something that I wanted. And, you know, when you would talk about what do you want to be when you grew up, I always just wanted to be a mom and, you know, maybe a ballerina or a doctor or whatever, but I, I knew I always wanted to be a mom. And so then when I met my husband, we were in college at Louisiana Tech and, um, one of the things that attracted me to him, he was, he was, you know, he loved the Lord, he was kind, but he loved kids, and he knew that he wanted to have a family as well, and I knew that he would be the kind of dad I had envisioned parenting with, you know, very involved and loving, and so that was, you know, one of our goals as a couple was to have children and to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and just to be a happy, joyful family. And so um, we married, and like you said, we served with y'all on a church staff. So much fun, that time of our lives, and, um, you know, moved on into a time where we were really looking forward with expectation to starting our family, um, and, you know, unexplainably, we began to struggle with infertility, and it was a very painful time in our lives. It was hard to understand why it was happening this way, um, especially when, you know, the Bible talks about children are a gift of the Lord, they're a blessing, they're a reward, and it was hard for us to understand 
why he wasn't choosing to give us that gift and that reward. And, you know, there's, there's some struggles that go along with that. You see stories about neglected and abused children, and it's hard for you to understand why God wouldn't choose you when you knew that you would love and care for them. Um, and then even just friends, when they would become pregnant, it was not that you're not happy for them because you truly were, but it just, it feels like you're left behind. And it, there's a keen sadness over the fact that God is not choosing to bless you in that way as well. Um, I can't tell you how many baby showers I left and got in my car and cried all the way home from <laughs> because, I, you know, I didn't know if I would ever have an opportunity to celebrate in that way. And even just seeing kids sometimes, it was hard. Uh, it was hard for both of us because we longed for that so desperately. But, you know, God never leaves us alone in our struggles. And there were so many themes that kind of came out of that time. And, you know, the first one, which is kind of obvious, was that we were just supposed to trust him. We were supposed to rest in him and trust him. That we were supposed to trust him with all of our hearts and not lean on our own understanding, but acknowledge him and let him direct our paths. Um, I can remember really searching the Bible and seeing all of these women that had struggled with a desire for children, Sarah, Rebecca, Leah, Rachel, Hannah. And God blessed them all eventually. He blessed them and opened their womb. That was just the prayer that we had. Um, I love the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And that was something I really clung to, just thinking about the future. That was one of the things that made me so sad to think, what if we lived the rest of our lives and we never have the joy of children in our home and the joy of raising and partnering together? to shape their futures. And I just clung to that, that he, he knew, he knows the plans and that he had a hope and a future. I also remember somebody shared the verse, he settles the barren woman in her home as the joyful mother of children. And that was really a sweet verse to me. It's Psalm 113.9. And um, I, I still now kind of on the other side of all this, that refrain comes in my mind on those difficult, hard days. I'll just think, you know, but he settled me as the joyful mother of children. It's kind of a reset button for me sometimes now, but um, just clinging to his word, learning to trust him, learning to walk in his plan and to, to walk confidently in faith that, you know, he had his best design for our lives. And so a few months in or a few years into our infertility struggle, I did become pregnant. And we were just, you know, completely thrilled. Um, the people that had known about our struggle and were praying for us were so excited. But shortly we found out that I would miscarry. And then, you know, from pain and heartache of infertility to maybe an even deeper pain and heartache of the loss of an actual baby and the wanting that we had experienced, feeling like we were fulfilled, and then to lose that. and. Um, I don't know, heaven just becomes very real and in a sweeter place to you when you're facing that struggle. Um, it's hard for people to understand sometimes. If you've not been there, sometimes it's difficult for you to imagine what that feels like. Um, it's, it's the loss of a child, even though you've never met them and even though you don't have a relationship with them. It's still the, the dream and this reality of a baby to come. 
and there's a lot of deep pain in that. And I can remember early in that process being at the doctor's office and then telling me, and the Lord just clearly saying to me, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And it's not really for you to understand, but this is going to be part of your story that will be for my greater glory. And I remember him telling me, you know, the Lord has given and the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that was just, that became a real mantra for me just to know, you know, I can't understand why he's done this, but I will continue to bless his name. And no matter what happens, he is worthy of my praise and he's worthy to be trusted. He's trustworthy in my life. And a couple years later, I had another miscarriage um, and more pain and more heartache kind of, you know, heaped on to what we'd already experienced. And, um, and I talked about the theme of trust. Then he really started developing this theme of waiting in my life, waiting on him, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And, you know, a season of waiting is that's a common struggle to a lot of people. There are different kinds of waiting. Um, it might be that you're waiting for a spouse or um, a job or, or a change in your circumstances, maybe health change. Um, and then of course mine was waiting for a baby, waiting for the blessing of a child. And the thing is, you know, when you're in that time of waiting, it feels so hopeless sometimes. But the Bible tells us that those that wait on the Lord are renewed in their strength and they soar on wings like eagles and they run and don't grow weary and they walk and they're not faint. And I think there's so much of a training time that the Lord puts us through when we're in that time of waiting and we have to learn to focus on him, to focus on our blessings and the thankfulness that we have, um, recognizing that Jesus is enough. And he's more than enough. And he's abundantly more than we could have ever even deserved or asked for. And walking in that blessing. And, and, you know, I remember getting to a place where Jeremy and I said to each other, you are enough. If there are ever children to come into this marriage, you're so much more than I have deserved to have to walk alongside my life. And we're so blessed because we're here. You know, and that was, that was a hard place to be and a hard reality, but yet a very sweet and freeing place to be because we just could recognize that we had such a blessing in each other and that God had gifted us greatly there. Um, there was a time in my life there where I cried every day. I mean, a day didn't go by. I would try to kind of like confine it to my car on my way home from work, maybe, or, you know, I tried not to just like be falling apart in front of people all the time, but it was so hard for me to understand and so hard for me to just feel like that this reality was passing me by and that this might not ever be part of God's plan for my life. But there were so many people praying for us. Um, our, our pastor in our church, we were living in Texas at the time, he would pray from the pulpit for us almost every week because he felt so strongly the struggle that we were going through. And he and his wife had also been there for years and they understood. And um, the church, Amanda, that our husbands served at together, and which was also my home church in West Monroe, they have a prayer ministry and they send out prayer lines. And I have hundreds of those that I've kept. And I love to show them to my kids and remind them of the many, many people that prayed for them 
during that time, there was just a lot of support. And so that was very helpful for us as well. And it's, it's important to reach out and to be supportive when people are in these kind of situations. But we kind of, we kind of moved out of the infertility, the miscarriage was kind of the next struggle. And we moved into a season where we felt like God was calling us into adoption. And we were really becoming excited about it. Um, we knew that adoption was, was God's thought and his um, plan. And, you know, we're adopted as his sons through Jesus with his glorious grace, which he's freely given to us. And the Bible talks about that we're heirs of God and we're joint heirs with Christ that we share in his sufferings in order that we also share in his glory. And so, you know, just looking at the, the gift that God has adopted us into his family and hoping that we would also be able to adopt in a literal sense of a baby, a child into our family. So it became something we were really excited about. It's a very overwhelming process. There's a lot of different choices that you have to make. You know, are you going to look at domestic adoption? Are you going to look at foreign? Are you going to look at um, maybe the welfare system? Not the welfare system, the, the CPS, you know, the um, child protective system. Where are you going to go? What, there's lots of different um, avenues. There's private attorneys. There's agencies. There's facilitators. And so we kind of sorted through all of that and sifted through how to, how to proceed in that endeavor and begin basically, you know, telling a lot of people that this was our desire. And very quickly, we began to hear about babies that were being born and birth families that were looking for adoption plans. And so we were so helpful that, um, I mean, so hopeful that that was, you know, going to, one of those was going to work out for us. And we had a few failed adoptions that were really devastating for us. Um, one, we, the baby was born and we were on the way to go meet him. And the birth father came into the picture and expressed that he wanted to have a hand in raising the child and it kind of canceled our adoption plan. And, you know, it was difficult. We were happy, obviously, that, you know, things had worked out, but for that family, but it was hard for us. And so we were um, just anxious to, to continue on in an adoption plan. And so at some point we signed on with a private attorney and an adoption facilitator out of California. And we were kind of like, okay, this is, this is the path that we're going down. And so we were just abundantly blessed when we finally received a phone call from our private attorney that a birth mother had chosen us. And um, we'd had some, you know, potential matches that had not worked out. And so we were, we were cautiously optimistic. We went to meet her and we just immediately fell in love with her. And um, she asked to begin an adoption plan with us. So we, um, you know, kind of agreed on how things might look. And six weeks into our adoption plan, we found out that I was pregnant again. So we were shocked and, um, I don't know, like in disbelief, you know, the timing seemed crazy that here we <laughs> finally, you know, have connected with this birth mother and things are looking promising and then we get pregnant. And, um, you know, my doctor was, 
encouraging. We had discovered some things. I had a blood clotting disorder and I had to do some blood thinning shots. And, you know, she felt like that there was a greater potential for this pregnancy to be viable, but it still was something that we were obviously nervous about. And we also, as much as we longed to have the baby that I was carrying, we were already so connected to our birth mom and to the baby that she was carrying. We had prayed for her. We had just labored over, you know, all that we wanted to share with her and the excitement. And, and we were afraid that when we would tell our birth mom that I was pregnant, she might not want us to continue to adopt. And we prayed about the timing. We waited until, you know, as long as we felt like we could wait without it causing some disruption in our plan. And we told her that I was pregnant and she was actually thrilled and excited. And one of her fears was that we would only have one baby, you know, that we would, she knew about all of our struggles and she was afraid that we would not ever pursue another adoption again and that we might just have an only child. And she had really been concerned and not wanted that for her baby. So it really ended up being a huge blessing and kind of a, um, a sign, I think, for her that this was the right place for her um, to place her child. So um, a few months later, it was time for our daughter to be born. And to our great joy and with such privilege, we were allowed to be in the delivery room. She was very insistent that we be in there. I actually got to cut the cord and she wanted me to hold her first. And it was just, it was such a sweet moment. It, it is the most bittersweet feeling though, because you know that your joy is coming at her great loss. And she has given up something that is valuable and beautiful and precious with the confidence that you are going to take this gift that she's giving and you're going to love and raise and nurture. And it's, it's such an act of love. It's such an act of trust. And, um, you know, we, we didn't feel like we were worthy of that, but we were so grateful that she had chosen and that she had looked on us with the love and that she had looked on our daughter with the love to realize that she could have a different life that would be good for her. And so, um, you know, we, we love our birth mothers, both of them. We love her so much and we will always remember she and her family with love and with prayer. We talk to our kids about it. It's, it's just a wonderful love story, um, adoption all the way around. Um, but four and a half months later, I gave birth to a healthy baby boy. So we had our little four and a half month old Anna at the hospital meeting her newborn baby brother. And just, I remember seeing pictures yes. of that. And it was amazing. Are they still, we need to show those pictures because they are amazing. Just I'll have to send them to you. Yeah. Yes. It's, I mean, who, who does this happen to? I remember we were <laughs> to get her like a big sister shirt, but they don't make one in a four month onesie. <laughs> they make them for like at least a one year old, you know? Yeah, yeah. So one of my friends made her one and made a little brother one for David. But anyway, so, um, you know, it, it was just such an unimaginably joyous time for us. Um, our family just, you know, it seemed so perfect. We had a boy and a girl and 
we just jumped headlong into birthday parties and zoo visits and museum trips and Christmas and visiting playgrounds and just so much gratitude that we had for the uh, toward the Lord for this gift that he had given us for the many prayers that he had answered for so many people especially like our church they felt like they owned our babies you know they really kind of were like we we prayed them here you know (laughs) a lot of ways they did it was such a faith builder for so many people and one thing I forgot to say in the adoption process you fill out like you make a profile to show potential birth families who might be wanting to make an adoption plan and be wanting to choose a family. And you put pictures of yourself. You kind of talk about your likes and dislikes and things you might like to do. and Just, you know, basically kind of giving them some knowledge about you as a couple. Um, And we had, one of the things that we had people do was write kind of, I guess, like letters of recommendation. This is why Jeremy and Catherine would, make great parents this is why they need to have children and and it's that's so humbling because people write the kindest sweetest things and you know they're they're creative in the things that they think to say and it's just very um a very sweet thing to get to see and get to read and but one of our neighbors and good friends we asked their daughter she was just 10 at the time we asked if she would write a letter and draw some pictures because we really loved her and she loved us and we knew that you know, she was very anxious for us to um, have some children, and so she wrote a sweet letter and drew a picture, and she drew a picture of me and Jeremy and a boy and a girl, and she said, I didn't know if you would get a boy or a girl, so I drew both because, you know, and and I hope y'all have a lot of kids one day, and so realizing later that God gave us a boy and a girl at the same time and thinking about her picture was just, that just gave us such a joy, kind of the foreshadowing of what God was going to do. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Wow. But okay. So anyway, two years, great joy, two babies. Um, I didn't sleep a lot. I didn't have <laughs> a house alone. But, I mean, we, we couldn't have been more, blessed we couldn't have had more opportunity to give God glory you know when you're nine months pregnant and you're holding a newborn and people are like well or you know a three-month-old people are like looking at you like what in the world you know (laughs) everywhere we went when they when they were born are are they twins and you know God really convicted me early on if somebody asks a question like that you are to stop and you are to tell the story of how I have answered your prayers yes how we have you know how you've been delivered and and this is a blessing from me but anyway two years I was surprised to become pregnant again and and just thrilled and shocked in a way I guess you could say and um shortly again we found out that I would have another miscarriage and you know this time around the pain was a lot more bearable because we could look in the faces of these sweet two-year-olds and know that we did have a legacy and know that God was blessing us you know with a future and a hope but it was still very painful it's always painful to lose a child and um the same day that we found out about the miscarriage we got home and our adoption facilitator in California had contacted us with a list of questions from a birth mom that was considering us for an adoption plan. We were just shocked because we were like, we have two two-year-olds. Like who, who <laughs> us? you know, yeah. we're, we're busy. We definitely 
would love the idea of another child, you know, and, and it turns out that part of why she chose us was because we did have these two children. And she also wanted her child to be part of a family with siblings. And we had made a different adoption profile this time around. And so we had pictures at the zoo and at the museum and she was, um, you know, really excited to see all of the things that we were doing with our children. And she wanted that kind of life for her baby as well. And so um, we talked with her on the phone and were excited to get to meet her. And unexpectedly, our son was born several weeks early. And so we flew, he was born in another state. We flew out as soon as we got the call. And actually I was able to be there the day he was born, which was a really sweet blessing. He was only four pounds, six ounces, just a precious little blessing. Wow. And uh, Jeremy was able to come the next day. He had to wait on the grandparents to get there to, to keep the two-year-olds. And so <laughs> day, we were just, we're blessed to get to meet our birth mom and the birth father and some of their family. And it was just a very, um, again, a very bittersweet time of it's their, it's their sacrifice that is blessing you in this great way. And, and there's such a love behind that. Um, he, Daniel was in the NICU for two weeks, but we actually flew home with him on Thanksgiving day. And so just such a sweet blessing to get home to our two year olds and have this new baby. And, you know, the, the goodness of the Lord and his perfect plan. I mean, we had been, this had been six and a half years of longing and waiting and, you know, within a four month time period, we had two children. And then within a two year time period, we had three all sudden and just more than we could have asked or imagined just like the verse says that you know when God answered he answered it so abundantly um yeah. and one more thing I want to say about adoption like if if somebody out there is considering adoption it's a scary path there's a lot of unknowns but it, it you just you have to walk forward and confidence and trusting in the Lord, if that's something that you feel he's led you to. We are not wealthy. My husband's in the ministry. I've been a stay-at-home mom since, you know, our children arrived, but the Lord richly provided for our needs, sometimes just in miraculous ways. Um, people felt led to send us money. It might've only been $20, but that was a huge blessing to us in our time of all this expense with adoption. And we were given airline tickets, one of the NICU nurses let us stay in a camper in her driveway so that we did not have to pay for a hotel while we were out of state. And so, you know, there were just things that we couldn't have imagined that God delivered to us. Um, I think we probably had the biggest baby shower when Anna and David were together <laughs> that, I, you know, it was, it was just, you know, off the charts. And we really did not buy diapers and formula for at least the first year, you know, for two babies. It was, it was crazy how God, just, you know, met our needs. And so that should never be something that would stop somebody from looking to adopt. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think that as Christians, we know that God will supply our needs according to his riches and glory. We know that that verse is true, but it's hard sometimes when you're looking and there's a lot of unknown and, and you're you're willfully taking a step. It's not like, oh, he'll provide my needs, whatever happens, but we're, you know, you're stepping off into this. And so um, I, I think it's important to also those of us 
you know, now that I'm on the other side and those of us that may be looking to someone that we want to support in adoption, it's important to be sensitive to, to want to help. You know, if they're selling a t-shirt, buy a t-shirt. You know, if they, maybe you just need to donate some money to them. Maybe you need to buy coffee or, you know, whatever might be happening in whatever way that you can support. Mm-hmm. Have some frequent flyer miles, whatever it is, you know, be willing to step out and help because it's just so, um, you know, it's such a picture of the body of Christ adoption is and, and we need to support each other and, and love each other in that journey. But kind of revisiting, you know, God telling us that it was for his greater glory, just, you know, the opportunity that we have now in the example that is today to tell the story of our family and the deliverance that he gave us into being the joyful mother of a child, you know, (laughs) three children now. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to ever take that for granted. And, and we have had sweet opportunities to talk with other couples and kind of mentor them in infertility and miscarriage and adoption, offer some support and and speak hope into their lives. And that is just, that is worth more than I can say. We love being able to share that now. And so much of the time, that's what our ministry is born out of. It's born out of the, the difficult paths that we have walked and the sorrow and the suffering that we have endured. And God uses that on the other side and we're able to support and help others in that situation. Um, I just think, you know, God's timing is perfect. And so if you're out there and you are waiting to be blessed with a baby, unless he's given you a no, I just, you've got to keep walking faithfully with God through your disappointment, recognizing that he's enough, recognizing his blessings and when, you, when you're counting your blessings, that helps prevent discouragement, and it keeps hope alive. And that's something we, we have that privilege now to speak hope into some other couples' lives. We have a couple right now that we're talking with, and there's been some doors that have opened and they've shut again. We are so hopeful with them that God will bless them with the baby. Just really consider it a privilege to, to walk alongside that. Anyway, I feel like I've talked the whole time. No, that is, that is great. I mean, when I look at your story, it is, it's amazing. I just remember going back to what I was saying earlier when I saw the pictures of you in the hospital having David and you had little baby Anna. I mean, I knew I had been praying for you guys and I knew your journey and just tears rolled down my face because I'm like, you know, God, your ways are higher. Our plans are not your plans. Our ways are not your ways. But he had a plan. He had a plan for your family. And um, it's just, it's a beautiful plan. You would have never thought that this would be your family. You know? No. no. I mean, it's beautiful. And it's more that you more than you could ask for. It's so crazy too. You know, when I, when I think about I mean, everywhere we go, we have to explain why they're only four and a half months apart. You know, <laughs> that's just such a, you know, it's such an automatic end to telling God's story that he, you know, the blessing that he chose to give us in this and, and the prayer, like I said, the prayers of so many people. And I mean, I, I did know you were praying for me and I thank you so much for that. And I, I want to be that for other people in the same situation. You know, I understand so deeply the pain and the difficulty and it's so amazing now that we're on the other side of all that 
to look at this family that God has created for us. And yeah, that's one thing we tell our children, especially our adopted children, you know, your birth parents knew this was God's plan for you. And just like we knew, and, and they recognized and they wanted you to be in God's plan, which was to be in our family. You know, it's such a sweet story for them to get to share and get to understand. And, um, you know, it's, it's really fun. They, people are kind of shocked. They, we've talked to them about adoption since they were babies, you know, they've always known it, you know, you yeah. can't really hide that when they're four months apart. It's kind of, yeah. it comes up a lot, but it's yeah. really uh, yeah. it's been an opportunity to share with other families. And, you know, I think another thing as Christians is that we have to all be open and be willing to think about adoption, even if it's not as a result of infertility, because I think, you know, as Christians, we, that may be some, an area that God wants to use in our lives. And I feel like in some ways, had we not been obedient to adoption, I wonder if he would have ever opened my womb and we would have ever had a biological child. I think that he wanted, his plan was for us to experience adoption first. You know, yeah, experience. I, I thought about that. I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, because as soon as you adopted, you had, you know. Want to see that you'll truly trust and obey. Yeah. And not only did he bless you with his plan, which was more than you could imagine, but he, just like you said, he gave you a family, but also a ministry and a, a different part of your ministry that, you know, he expanded y'all's ministry. Mm -hmm. yeah. And on a lighter note, um, listeners, you have to look at the pictures that we post because talking about God being the great orchestrator and just details, your little girl, not only is she gorgeous, but she looks just like you. And that is crazy crazy I'm like That's I have awesome. never seen a daughter or son adopted and look so much like their adopted right. parents yeah well we will post those so everyone can see them yes I'll send you some more too yeah and I love it when people tell us that and I just I've already been speaking into her do you see God knew he planned that you were going to be our daughter and it, it wouldn't matter if you look like me but you do and right he planned that you know uh, and it, for a while, my son looks a lot like my husband. So, so as he's grown, but for a while, when we would say, you know, we haven't adopted a biological child, they would say, well, I know she's the biological child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was neat. It was confusing for people. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, I hate that our time is running out. This has been such a great hour and just encouraging. Thank you so much for sharing all of the parts of your story. Well, thanks for having me. And, you know, I'll, I'll leave an email for you to put on your, I don't know, do you do show notes or your website or whatever? Because I really would love, I would count it a privilege to pray for listeners that maybe are in this struggle. Um, I would love to, you know, help to answer questions if I can. Yes. Um, Thank you so much. I'm a busy mom of three, so I'll try <laughs> to get back in a timely way, but I would love to do that as well. And, I've done that in the past and I really do um, enjoy getting to walk alongside and support people in, in any of these, you know, infertility, miscarriage, adoption, all of these struggles.